0: Hello and welcome to Making Digital, the show where we talk about business, technology, and design and how they intersect to make digital goodness. My name is Jared Stevens and I am joined once again by my lovely, lovely co host, Jeremy Carney. Say hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Good. You're finally getting it. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now I know all of you in our intrepid and loyal fan base have been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for this episode to drop for the last 18 months. I'm looking at you, Tobin. That's right. Yeah. Now, there's a very good reason why we have not recorded since September of 2019. It's because we've been working for 18 months to bring you this episode.
1: This killer, ultra-prepared episode.
0: Uh, stop lying to people, Jeremy. We just started getting back into this. But we do have a great, great episode ahead ahead of you. And we also have a long lineup of excuses as to why we have not recorded since then.
1: We I are mean, good at excuses.
0: Yes. <laughs> I mean, I think I took a trip to Australia right after our last recording. That obviously delayed us
1: by months. Yeah. I, uh, I had a new baby. Oh,
0: um, well, yeah, I mean a day or two, at least that, that's, yep, that's, yep. um, yep. I started a new job kind of by choice.
1: I started a new job definitely by choice.
0: And then there was something that happened in 2020 that kind of prevented us from doing it the whole year, but I, I don't remember what that was. <sighs>
1: starts with a c pin, the pandemic
0: oh does not start with a c but good thinking um yeah 2020 was kind of a total wash uh because you know we we had we had a studio scheduled and then uh covid hit and all of a sudden we couldn't use the studio and like we literally could not figure out the internet for 12 months so Um, that, that is the main reason why we have not been here to talk to you, but we are super excited to, uh, to kick this back off and looking forward to some great conversations. So, you know, what's been on my mind a little bit since, um, since taking over this new team that I'm a part of it's, it's really around how, how do people perceive designers? What do people actually think about designers? Well, um, I think, you know, I have some guesses around that. A um, couple, yeah. But go ahead and tell them what we did, Jeremy.
1: So we took a poll. We actually did some research uh, into this. Uh, fancy that. Um, and we we sent out a poll to our network of uh, everyone, really. We uh, sent it out on LinkedIn. And we asked people, uh, if you could sum up in one word, uh what it's like to work with designers, and we tried to filter out the non designers from this. What word would you use to to describe to describe designers?
0: Mm. yeah, yeah, and we got some actually pretty interesting responses a lot of a lot of things I wouldn't suspect, which I guess as a designer i shouldn't uh that shouldn't surprise me because when you actually talk to people, you learn things right? One that really stood out to me was the the term uneducated.
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to throw that one out as an edge case because I thought someone was messing with us. But then you brought up a really good point. So explain to me or explain to everyone else um why you thought or what you thought they meant by uneducated.
0: It it struck me particularly because I just moved into a new a new like line of business that I support. Um, but one of the things that designers struggle with is understanding the language of business, of the business that they support, of you know, what, what moves and motivates um, the economics of, of the business they support. And so often, I will step into a design team and realize they, they have no idea what's actually making money for the company. And on some, some extent that's okay because, you know, that's not, that's not our job as designers to drive that economics. But at the same time, if we can't talk to our business partners in their language, how can we hope to change their mind to a more human focused, um, to, to a more human focused opinion, right? Right. And I
1: loved The thought that you brought to that, because it reminded me of a specific scenario in my previous role where I went to a business partner and I said, I'd love to know how you teach the people on your team about your product. Mm
0: -hmm. And he was
1: floored. And he gave me a ton of links, a ton of resources specifically so that my team could go back and learn about those products. And something else that he said was, if you all can understand this, and understand the numbers and the metrics behind this, imagine how powerful we could be together working as a team. But he was surprised that I asked for that, which really stood out to me.
0: Yeah. People don't expect, I think it's twofold, people don't expect designers um, to need that information sometimes, right? If they're just thinking about us from a visual standpoint, well, why do you need that? Just give me what I'm telling you to to give, and no designer wants to be in that world, right? We've all we've all lived that. We want to be somewhere else. Um, and then, secondly, um, folks, just business people don't expect di- designers to be able to understand it, you know, to be able to um, to be able to digest it. And I certainly don't want to be thought of as not as intelligent as my business partners, right? I, I want, you know. I want to show how design can have an impact in business, not just my visual design, but the design process can change the way that everyone does business for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. Uneducated. That, that was the one that stood out to me. Um, what, what are some of the themes that stood out to you, Jeremy?
1: Yeah, for sure. So we synthesized these a little bit, put them together. Um, I'm going to go with the next most interesting one, uh, which I feel like I've heard a lot of, which is opinionated, freewheeling, fussy, and difficult.
0: Ooh!
1: Yikes. Yeah, that one, that one, like, stings.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I see it. Um, I do. Yeah, opinionated, I think opinionated can be a good thing like I want opinionated designers but I don't think that these you know combining that with these other terms of difficult fussy freewheeling like that's a um that's a sentiment that I don't understand what design is doing and they just seem to be doing their own thing right they're off in a corner painting painting a picture that nobody's ever going to need
1: yeah to some degree I read that as an unwillingness to change their opinion mm. um and um to not learn from things that once they've decided on something that's what they want um yeah yeah
0: yeah that's whew. but i mean that sentiment's out there like these are real real folks talking to us about you know their um experience with design and then i think the last group that we really wanted um uh, to talk about Uh, involved these terms rushed scope creep expensive and puzzling what really stood out to me about those four is people don't understand the value that design brings to the table would you agree with that
1: yeah they don't understand the value that design brings to the table and all they see when they think about adding design is more time more money. Or on the flip side, um, they see rush designers who don't have enough time and don't give enough uh, and don't come out with a good product be, because of that. And and I think if you look at both of those together, um, one thing that you can draw from that is in those instances, it doesn't sound like design was at the table early enough um, to either help define the scope and they were, they were brought in late, or they were brought in very late and the designers were rushed in their delivery and didn't deliver something with quality. And so again, going back to, um, a conversation we can have in the, the future, um, the earlier that you bring design in, uh, the, the less of this, I think you have.
0: Yes. Although I think there's a counter argument to be made that okay. not every designer or design team thinks it is incumbent on them to show their value. Sure. I I have seen more times than I'd care to admit a design team that steps into a situation and says, look at me, I am design. Like give me the, give me the respect I am due. And I don't think that any organization or, or any, any group of people within a company deserves respect simply because they step step into a situation. I think we should always be looking for ways to show our value to the team we're on, to the project we're on, and and don't expect people to just give it to us.
1: When I said a seat at the table, I think that can come across like we deserve it. But I do Mm -hmm. think you have to get there. You have to earn it. You have to build relationships to get there. And so Mm -hmm. um, I I, I 100% agree with you that people uh, or the designers assume that they should be at the table before they actually earn their way there and are able to work more closely with their partners to deliver a better product.
0: So then the next question is, how did we get this reputation as designers? what where did where did these stereotypes these ideas come from, and then how do we get away from that?
1: I think I can only speak for us to to some degree in that uh I know our background, I know where we mm-hmm. came from, we had very similar backgrounds. we worked together for a long time, but we started as loan designers and freelancers. We didn't start on teams, and we didn't start with the idea of human-centered design, empathy, we were building our products for customers and then handing them off.
0: And I mean, honestly, the idea of an internal digital design team or UX team is a relatively new creation. I mean, UX just in and of itself is a relatively new creation. And there, there really has not been a generation of people who who grew up with the idea of a team of user experience designers or product designers. So there certainly was not a generation of people who grew up learning how to lead a team of product designers. I think those of us who who are in a position to lead those teams grew up leading other types of teams right. or, you know, leading our own efforts that were, were multidisciplinary, um, so it's a, it's um it's a new paradigm for, for a lot of people. And we don't, we don't know how to operate as a team uh, or we don't have a history of that as much.
1: Right. And then when you take that idea of that team, you, uh, you look at it and it, it's, it's hard to build good teams when you don't know what those teams should be and how they operate. You don't know how to build the teams. And then you can extrapolate that another step and take that team and put it into the context of a company or an enterprise. And then you're having to look at all of these external factors around that team and then build for that, which adds Mm -hmm. an increasing level of difficulty.
0: And I think what we see a lot of times when you have a, a design program scaling up out of need instead of out of intentionality is that we tend to build our teams for effectiveness and pixel perfection. On the outside, that seems great. Like that's exactly what business leaders wanna hear, right? But that's where I think you start to get a lot of the um, the colorful adjectives that were used to describe designers in our poll. So what I wanna say is that, yes, you need that effectiveness, but you also have a missing ingredient here that you need.
1: I think empathy. And empathy in multiple stages. I think we learn it, you know, we, we, we've we learned it with human-centered design, which is, you know, something that earlier in our career we didn't hear a lot about Um, as we started to work in bigger companies. uh, You know, we, we heard about it. But then, empathy beyond just empathy for our users. Uh, as we grow in our career, we become really good at using it. The designers who move on to doing the type of work that we're doing, it's at the center of what we do. But we don't, Use it with each other. Designers notoriously aren't empathetic to each other and they're not- notoriously not empathetic to their partners.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: Well, I want to go back to what you just said about building for pixel perfection mm-hmm. um, and look at that idea that as soon as you are done with that design and you've got it packaged up and ready to hand off, if you don't bring in this piece of empathy, when as soon as someone sees that design and starts to tell you why it won't work either a user or a stakeholder that starts to break a team that starts to break down a team when their design that they've built without looking at people around them empathy you know the the bringing in that empathy aspect they've built that design and then they they're ready to present it all of that build up is there And then someone doesn't like it. I think we've all felt that in our career Mm -hmm. and, and that happens, that hit is a lot harder when you haven't built this along uh, as, as a partner along the road.
0: I think that's a great, that's a great point. I, I can think of a very specific example where, um, my team worked for months and months. We developed insights based on users. We, you know, we started building out flows that we thought were fantastic using all of the empathy in the world for the humans who are going to use our product. Then we presented it to stakeholders and it fell flat. What was the missing piece how how did all of this energy and empathy that we poured into it from our users that was based on solid research? How did that fall flat with stakeholders?
1: Designers are great, like it, modern UX designers. We're great now with this word empathy. You know, we didn't start out in our careers with it. We we grew to know it. Um, we grew to uh, like understand it with the people that we're researching and designing for. But we are not great at using Empathy for our partners and the other designers that we work with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we're building for these users, but we're not including the partners or we're not listening to our teammates, um, you go down this dangerous path of designing something that might not actually work when it gets out to the world for other reasons than the member didn't like it, the user didn't like it.
0: Mm, that's a really good point it, it, it's it's something that I've had to balance a lot as a design leader because I as much as I want to just base it on that human insight, I know that in order to sometimes get this product shipped, I have to truly understand the the motivations, the thoughts, the all of the for lack of a better term politics, that surround the ultimate decision maker of whether or not this product's going to get shipped. I have to be able to speak their language to communicate the value of of what my team has produced so that the chance of this thing actually seeing the light of day and having an impact on humans is, is much higher. And that requires empathy. Like I have to invest time into knowing that stakeholder to into understanding them. Same thing with my with my teammates, right? It, I could just say, okay, just march, march towards this deadline. Just just get it there. But if I'm not investing time to understand them, to understand what motivates them, what they want to grow into, what you know, maybe how how they have been knocked down in the past and how they've recovered from that, like to, to really understand their motivations then my team's not going to grow and the quality of my product is going to suffer. So there's this, there's this balance of effectiveness and empathy that we really have to find in, in nourishing our teams. I think we've kind of solidly laid out the problem for you of, of why designers have gotten this bad rap and, and kind of where, where we sit. We do have a solution for you. However, Jeremy, you want to, you want to tell them what, what we think the answer is.
1: We think that the answer is human-centered teams. We've come to use the term human-centered design a lot. i again, bringing in that idea of research and empathy around those we're designing for, but we want to extend that out to everyone in the process, our partners, our teammates, and, and work to build what we're calling human-centered teams.
0: Yeah. And the whole idea is to have as much empathy for your partners and your teammates as you have for your users. Now, next time we are going to get into exactly what a human centered team looks like and some solid strategies that you can use to implement on your own team to make them more human centered. But until our next glorious episode, I'm Jared Stevens.
1: And I'm stuck on the word glorious, but I'm Jeremy Carney.
0: And together we are making Making digital. Digital. It wasn't my fault. The views and ideas expressed on this podcast are our own and do not represent those of any previous, present, or future employers. Or spouses or family. Peace out.